On Father's Day, we've got something very special. We've got a special uh, guest speaker. He's Pastor Mark Stevens, and he wrote an amazing book, The Coach Approach. All right, so he'll be here after the service to sign the book. Um, it's a very good book, so I learned something called How to Be a Parent Called CTO. I just learned it uh, last weekend. If you want to know what how to be a CTO parent, come and buy the book. And come and hear Pastor Mark, and it's going to be amazing. Uh, he's no stranger to us anymore. I, we can call him a church friend. He was here last year, but he's in charge of the Southeast Asia Fellowship of Christian Athletes, the FCA. So what FCA does is they bring the gospel of Christ to the youths and younger through sports. And we, how do we use sports to bring the gospel of Christ? Even how do we use sports to coach parents to be more good and godly parents? I want you to put your hands together and welcome Pastor Mark Stevens. Give him a warm SIBKL applause. Amen, amen. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. Okay, this is the first time I'm using my iPad to preach, and I know there's going to be problems, but hopefully not too many. Well, it's great to be back with you here at SIBKL. I was here a year ago. Uh, as Pastor uh, Isaac said, and I love it. I, I love this church. I love the ministry here. I love the messages. I love the messages so much that I went back on Mother's Day and listened to the Mother's Day message. Who was here on Mother's Day? Wow, okay, a lot of you. So that was when Pastor Lee Chu preached. What an awesome message and a long message. Yes, yeah, some of you remember that, and, uh, and uh, I, mine won't be that long because I'm not that good, okay? But uh, it was great to be, uh, it's great to be here with you. This is, this is my home church in Malaysia. Yes, this is my home church in Malaysia. So I also want to say thank you. Thank you on behalf of the Fellowship of Christian Athletes and your very own Willie Chai, your very own member, is our FCA National Director for all of Malaysia. Willie, Willie, will you stand up? Yes. And with Willie is uh, William Chang. He is the pride of Ipo. He is the Southeast Asia Vice President for Fellowship of Christian Athletes. So your church hosted us here from Monday through Friday for a big conference. We had 150 leaders for FCA here from Southeast Asia and beyond. And Pastor Lindy, Pastor Jeremy, and many of your staff was running around serving us so well. So thank you. Thank you so much to your church and everyone for serving, serving us so well. We're so, so very grateful. Well, today's Father's Day, and I got a picture of me and my dad and uh, this was taken about a month ago. And uh, so my dad is, uh, my dad's 84, my mom's 82, and uh, some say we look a little alike. I don't know if there's any similarities there, but I think that we do. And uh, you know, what can I say about my dad? My dad is loyal. It's one of the words that comes to mind. My dad is loyal. He's been loyal to, to God. He's been loyal to his family. He's been loyal to his work and loyal to serving his country. And my dad's a servant. Uh, he loves sports like I, like I do, and 
He loved many sports, but the sport he loved the most was American football. And uh, he was a coach. He helped coach, and he volunteered his time uh, doing that. And he, he uh, loved serving the Lord. And he, he, uh, I remember at a church when I was younger, he served the Lord by, by uh, we had a big property with a lot of grass. And he would be in charge of fixing the tractor and then driving the tractor around to uh, cut the grass. So if he was a member here at uh, SIBKL, he'd have nothing to do. No grass here. But uh, he loved doing that. And then the other thing I'll never forget is my dad volunteered to be a Sunday school teacher for sixth grade boys. Now, is there any other volunteer jobs harder than being with sixth grade awkward boys? No. It's so hard, and, uh, but my dad, it's one of his legacies, and my dad is a, loves to pray. He's a prayer warrior, so I'm so grateful for my dad. I think he's watching on dad line. Dad, thank you for being a great dad, and I love you, dad. I love you. Well, now I get the joy of being a dad. I love being a dad. It's my favorite job is being a dad. And so, um, you know, it's kind of funny. My wife and I are in the middle there. My wife, Rhonda, um, we've been married 33 years. Now, that's hard to believe because I'm only 40 that we've been married 33 years. But uh, so we've had 33 years of uh, blissful uh, marriage and so grateful for my wife and so on the on the far left-hand side is uh, Lily. She's uh, 22 years old and uh, going to be in graduate school and college next year. And right next to her is our son-in-law, Matt, and he's married to our daughter, Grace. And then you see me and my wife and then my son-in-law, uh, Andrew, who is now married to my, uh, my oldest daughter, Sally. Uh, and then on the far end is uh, Lucy, and Lucy is our nurse in the house. So it's always great to have have a nurse. But that's our family. And then Andrew is holding our first grandson. So, uh, and then Sally and Andrew had our second grandson, Caleb Andrew. Wow. I'm a grandpa. I'm a grandpa. So I think in a Chinese culture, when somebody, if you're, a, you're either your grandpa, grandma, that's it. In American culture now, you pick your grandma, grandpa name. So some are grandma, granny, nanny, nana, mimi. So my wife has decided her grandma name is Honey. Aw, who doesn't want Honey to come over? So I said, what's going to be my grandpa name? I don't want to pick my grandpa name. So she said, your grandpa name is going to be Coach. Wow. So Coach and Honey are coming over. Yeah, it's going to be fun. So that's our family. I'm so grateful to be a, a dad. I am just honored to be a dad. I love being a dad. And so to be able to speak on Father's Day is, is, a, is a blessing. But I want to share with you three things before I really launch into my message and preparation for the message. And the first one is I realize in this sanctuary that over 50% of you are not fathers. Many of you are in this room are not fathers. But I believe that if you listen well this morning, you will learn something, whether you're a father or not. We, whether you're male, female, young, old, father, mother, you will learn something this morning. Although my message is for fathers, I think everyone will learn something. Second thing is, I want to challenge you. I want to challenge your thinking. 
to refrain from thinking, that's not my culture. I want to know what God's culture is, not just the culture that you live in. And so we need to have that mindset if we're going to move forward as a father and grow as a father. And then the third and final thing is I'm very aware that this Father's Day, this Sunday, can be hurtful for some, can be hard for some. Be Some of you might have uh, bad memories of your father, and my heart goes out to you this morning. Those of you, uh, those children that are here, no matter what your age is, that didn't have a loving, intentional father, I understand that that's difficult. Some of you have lost your father. And there's husbands that, whose wife has been unable to have children and you're not able to enjoy the journey of fatherhood. And finally, those fathers that maybe have lost children. I understand that all of you, there's certain aches and pains in your heart, and my heart goes out to you. So I want to pray this morning, and uh, before I pray, uh, as I begin to pray, I just want to ask the dads, dads, just simply, just turn your palms up where you're at right now, dads, and just receive this prayer, open your hearts uh, to him. Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much for today. I thank you for for loving me. I thank you for your, your goodness and your faithfulness, Lord. And Father, I ask that you would come, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Fill me. Lord, I want to use your words. I want to please you, Lord. I pray that uh, my words and uh, your spirit would bring a transformational message, not an informational message. And I pray all this in Christ's name. Amen. Fathers, would you consider yourself an intentional father? Purposeful. Focused on being the best father that you can be. What would that look like this morning as we evaluate intentional fathering? What would it look like for you to be more intentional in your fathering? As someone who's coached sports for 35 years and has been a leadership coach for many years, I heard this phrase that I love, a father is a coach, a coach is a father. A father is a coach, and a coach is a father. What does a sport coach do? It helps an athlete do something or get somewhere that they can't get there by themselves. And that's what a father does, is it helps a child, helps a family get to a place that they couldn't get there on their own. So here's something that I learned a while back that that uh, has just been impressed in my mind, and I'm glad I learned it when I was early in my fatherhood. And it's this. When I pull into the driveway, when you pull into the driveway, or maybe you walking to your front door, that at that minute, before you go inside, as a father, you need to know this is the most important part of my day. You've been at work all day, you've worked hard, you're tired, you're exhausted, you want to come in, you want to get something to eat, and you want to sit down, and you want to be alone. 
That's what dads want to do. And many dads, that's what they do. But I want you to have a mindset shift to say, this, when I walk into this house, this is the most important part of my day. Let me ask you a question. What's the difference between a father and a dad? What's the difference between a father and a dad? When I think about that, I think about kind of fathering 101. Fathering 101 is, I believe that most fathers think I'm a really good father if I'm a provider and a protector. And fathers, you know, they say, hey, I've provided you a home, children. I've provided you meals. I provided you a good education, the best that I could do. And as a matter of fact, I've provided for you, my children, way better than my parents provided for me. Each generation of parenthood is trying to do better than the parents did before. I know for my parents, they sacrificed a lot. They refinanced their home, took on more debt so we could all go to college and they would pay for it. They lived sacrificially, but they did all they could to make sure that they raised their children well. I think the other thing with with, uh, fatherhood is fathers want to be protectors. And today, in America, I understand the same in Malaysia, sometimes we're overprotectors. They call them the helicopter parent, right? A lot of the moms are shaking their heads right now. Too close. So you don't want your kids, nothing to go wrong with your kid's life. And if something goes wrong or bad, you step in and you save them from that. The problem is, is that our kids are not learning to deal with difficulty. And so they're not able to be resistant. And even though many times in the journey of parenthood, my wife and I wanted to swoop in and and solve the problem for our daughters, but we let them be in the problem. That helps them to learn and to be more resilient. Well, what is a dad? If, If that's a father, what's a dad? A dad is all of those things, but a dad is about relationships. Just like our Father in heaven, Abba, Father, Daddy. That's the difference. The difference is relationship. And how do we, how do we demonstrate relationship? It's, a, it's time. It's a sacrifice of time and a, an investment of time. And I realize that as talking to many people in, the, in, in the, the culture that dads don't, the older generation doesn't spend much time with the children. That's how it is. That's how they grew up. But how can fathers, how can we, how can I spell love for you? How can a father spell the word love? And the word love for your children is spelled T-I-M-E, time. That is how you spell love for your, for, your, uh, for your children. And this was reinforced with me last weekend. I had lunch with uh, Pastor Isaac and his family and Pastor Lindy and her family. And he was telling about his son playing uh, soccer and that his son was getting ready to go to a game or practice. And he said, Daddy, Daddy, please come and watch me play soccer. And uh, just like you, or maybe even more than you, because I've been in Pastor Jeremy's shoes, many of you work at a job that starts and ends, and when you go home, it's over. But when you're a pastor, it's 24-7, 365 days a year, and pastors, guess what? They work Saturdays and Sundays, too. 
And so it's difficult sometimes for a pastor to make these kind of things, but he made the sacrifice. He prioritized his son during that time, and he went to the practice. And when he arrived and his son caught his father's eyes way off, his son began to beam, to smile. Why? Because when Pastor Isaac showed up, he took this big deposit and put it right into his son's heart. He made a huge emotional deposit into his son. And guess what? His son is going to grow up more confident because he has an emotional tank that's filled up. And that's the power of being a father when we do that. And my wife and I, we prioritized and worked our schedule around the things that our, our daughters were getting honored at the school for academics. They were, they were in, in events that we were a part of. And of course, we, all of my girls played sports. And so we went to the, the sporting events and we showed up. And just by showing up, they hear, they see that we love them. They understand the sacrifice, and, and they, as the time goes on, they understand it more. So, fathers, we need to invest time in our children. And guess what? SIBKL has set fathers up for success because on July 19th, game is on. And they're ready for you to have fun with your whole family. So, fathers, take the challenge this morning to invest time in your children and load up the car, load up the van, get on the bus, come to the, the game on day, and guess what? Invite your neighbors. Invite your friends to come. Let them spend time with their children and grow more. All right? Let's do it. And so some of you are going to get pushback from your children. Well, I'm too old or... Bah, 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 bah. They're going to have some excuses. Well, if you're too old to attend, to be a part, then you're old enough to serve. So then you and your family signs up to serve and get your 16-year-old and your 19-year-old, whatever, and, and lets the whole family come together and serve from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. And when, you're done, when it's done at 3 p.m., go have some more family fun. All right? Let's, let's reserve that whole day. Are you a father or are you a dad? How would you be described? How would you be described? For me, telling my kids, telling my dad, probably not enough, that I love him. I was talking to someone this morning and I said, she, she's a young adult. Has your dad ever said, I love you? She said, my dad never said, I love you. How does that make you feel? She goes, I spend my life striving to please my father that someday my dad might say, I love you. I love you. I don't know why it's so hard, but probably because you didn't grow up and you didn't see it modeled and you didn't see it practice, but you are. The SIBKL funny video showed sons and daughters and fathers and mothers saying, I love you. I'm also very aware in seeing my, myself and 
other men that I work with and that, that men are not very deep with their words. And as men, we have to figure out how to pull off the layers of the heart and what's deep inside of there that we would somehow let that come out. It would be a humongous blessing to your wife and to your children. And because you haven't done it, because it hasn't been modeled for you, it seems very awkward. But after you do it once, it's easier to be able to do that. And women, I know you, it's easier for you. It's a little easier, a little bit easier for, for women to say these things and, and to go deeper because I have one wife and four daughters. I see a lot of talking going on, a lot of sharing going on. And, and uh, you know, the average woman speaks 25,000 words a day. At least that's in America. You, you guys speak a lot faster in Malaysia, so maybe 35,000 words. Okay? And then uh, the average man, uh, man speaks about 10,000 words a day, way less. So when your husband gets home or when your dad gets home, he's already spoke 9,900 words. That's why when he, somebody talks to him, you, the father is like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's done. He's used them all. But dads, we have to dig deeper. We have to dig deeper. I want to share three things this morning, and the first one is this. We need to be intentional into leaning into Jesus. Lean into Jesus. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 says this, don't you realize that in a race everyone runs, but only one person gets surprised? So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. So run with purpose in every step. I'm not, I am not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete training to do what I should. Otherwise, I fear after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. I want to highlight from this verse that it says, so I run with purpose. When you're in a race and you're running, you have to run with purpose. And when you're in the race of being a father, you have to run with purpose. You have to live your life with purpose. Ephesians chapter 4 says this, then we will no longer be immature like children, and we won't be tossed and blown around by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. In verse 15, instead we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of the body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. And as each part does it work, its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing in full love. This is about the body of Christ and your home, you're a part of the body of Christ. So as a father, we need to take the responsibility to make sure our home and the body of Christ are coming together and working together. And we need to ask ourselves, what do we need to change? Maybe there's something we need to change to be able to do this. There's kind of two things to, 
other things to lean into to be uh, intentional in our fathering. And the, and the next one is, is I see in Psalm chapter 19. I'm just going to read a couple uh, of the verses. I am wiser because I meditate on the word. Oh, how I love your instructions. I think about them all day long. Your commands make me wiser than my enemies, for they are my constant guide. So much here, but we need to read God's word daily. As a, as a father of the household, we need to be the leader in this area. It's your game plan for success as a father. This is a part of what it means to be an intentional father. And I'd love to share a, a few stories along those lines. And the, the first one is we were having a, a family devotion during Lent, leading up to the Easter celebration and Resurrection Sunday, and we were reading the scriptures, and I realized that our youngest daughter, Lily, was crying. And I'm like, Lily, what's going on? And she realized through us reading the scripture that she said, I realize I'm a sinner, and I need to invite Jesus into my life and to become a follower of Jesus Christ. It happened at the dinner table with the whole family. That's the power of reading the word together as a family. The other thing I've done is to read a proverb a day. Some of you have heard of that before. So on June 1, you read Proverbs 1. On June 2, you read Proverbs 2. On June 3, you read Proverbs 3, and so on. And so when I do that, sometimes I do that with my daughters, sometimes I do that with people I'm discipling, um, sometimes I've done it with my son-in-laws and other people, and this engages each of us in reading the word, and we text each other back, what did you learn? And, I want, and then you tell me what, I, what you learned and what I learned, and we share that together in texting, and it's a way to grow. So it's another way to be in God's word and to grow. I want to challenge you to think about taking the Proverbs challenge. And then the other thing to be intentional to lead into Jesus is to uh, uh, Philippians 4, 6. Don't, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer, pleading with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. We've heard of that before. Fathers, we need to pray for our children. And now as a father of adult children and grandchildren, sometimes this is my only option, is to pray. And it is the best option. It's the one we should go to first. And I think even an intentional father is going to figure out how to pray with your children as much as you can. Along those lines, when our oldest daughter, Sally, was five years old and getting ready for kindergarten, I remember that first day of her going to school, and I remember my wife, Rhonda, praying with her at the door before we sent her off to school. And then the next morning, I sat there and I, I watched my wife pray with my daughter before she went off to school, and I'm like, wait, I'm the father of the household. I should be leading this. I should be leading the prayer. I should be a part of the prayer. And so I asked my wife, can I join you guys? I'm asking my wife, can I join my family for prayer? That's really crazy. But so we started to pray together for our daughter. And over the next 20 years, with all four of our daughters, every 
single morning before school, we would pray with them. If both of us could be there, we'd do it. If it was just me or her, and I prioritized it, I had less breakfast meetings. I moved my schedule around, and at one point, the girls were in three different schools, so we were leaving at three different times. And we're having all these different, different prayer times, but we invested in them in prayer. You won't go wrong by doing that. The second thing is to be intentional with questions. To be intentional with questions. Now you think on Father's Day, what are you talking about? One of your main points is questions. This is part of the, the coach approach. The coach approach is a different way to lead. It's a different way to lead. And so do you lead your, question, do you lead your family with questions or do you lead them by telling them what to do? Which one is it? Questions or telling? If you're like most dads, you lead by telling. Why do you lead by telling? Because that's how your dad led the family. He was a teller, and he just told everybody what to do. And that's how you lead all day long. When you go to work, you just get in your job, and you tell people what to do. And so when you come home, you just keep doing it. You just keep telling your children and your wife what to do. The other reason you're a teller instead of asking questions is that it's easier to tell. You just tell somebody, they go do it. But asking questions is harder, but there's more benefit to asking questions because it gets the people to think. It gets people to think. And telling is much quicker, as I mentioned. Questions take more time. So I want to challenge you to think about leading your family in a different way. And when you lead in a different way, you get different results. You get children who are able to think on their own. When I tell my children or my staff at work or my team what to do, I feel good. When I ask them questions, they feel good. When I tell them the answers, I feel valued. When I ask them questions, they feel valued. When I tell them the answer, when I, when I tell them something, I feel pride. Look at me, look how good I am. When I ask them a question, they feel honored because I asked for their input. As fathers, we need to feel the responsibility of our children and help them learn. How many times as a father have you said to your wife or said to your kids, how many times do I have to tell you? I'm telling you and telling you again and again and you don't do it right. I'm not going to ask you to raise hands, but I think every dad has had that phrase come out of them. How about dads do it a different way? How about ask a question instead of telling? It's harder because you got to think of a question and it's easier to tell. But think of a question to ask. How many times have we looked at our wife and said, I told them to do it, I told them, I told them, and they didn't do it? I would say in America and in Asia, Asia, we have a telling society, not really a society open to asking questions. Luke 2.46 says this, after three, three days, they found him in the temple, 
sitting among the teachers, listening, I'm going to come back to that later, and asking them questions. This is what Jesus did. Beginning at a very young age, he was asking questions. Literally, we have in the New Testament that Jesus asked 339 questions. 339 questions. And often, when somebody asked Jesus a question, how did he respond? He asked a question. But when we get a question, we always give an answer. Why don't we consider Jesus' way and respond with the question? What are some questions Jesus asked? Matthew 16. Then he asked them, but who do you say I am? Matthew uh, 20, he says, when Jesus heard this, he stopped and he called, what do you want me to do for you? In Luke 6, 46, so why do you uh, keep calling me Lord, Lord, uh, when, uh, when you don't do what I say, when you don't do what I, what I say? Why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? And the Last question in uh, John chapter 21. And a third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Do you love me? Some of your children are asking that. Does my father love me? Because he's never told me I love you. And guess what? Those three words are so powerful. It's absolutely free to say. It's totally free to say, I love you. And there are powerful questions by Jesus. So today, um, I don't have them up there, but listen, and maybe you can grab one of these questions that you might share. So what is a question you could ask your father or your grandfather today? Think about this. Maybe you... Do this at a meal or something like that. Hey, Dad, what are your favorite mem memories of times you spent with your grandpa? Dad, tell us about the time with your grandpa. Number two, hey, Dad, who is your best friend? And what do you guys like to do? Tell me about that. Your dad has an answer. Your dad has an answer for that. How about, hey, Dad, how did you meet mom? Tell me about that first time you guys met. Hey, Dad, what's the hardest thing you ever had to do in your life? Or maybe a bonus question after Dad answers that. Hey, Dad, tell me more about that. That's a great question when somebody is talking to you, whether it's your children or somebody on work or at home, they, say, they give you the whole story and then you say, tell me more. Tell me more. When somebody says to you, tell me more, how do you feel? You feel great because they want to know more. They really care about you. They care about what you're saying. So we need to lean into Jesus, we need to lead with questions, and finally, we need to be intentional to be a legendary leader. 
listener, sorry, a legendary listener, to be a legendary listener. Now, I thought about having uh, some children coming up here and asking him, hey, please rate your dad on his listening skills. One being not too good, 10 being great. I didn't want to embarrass any dads. I didn't want to embarrass me. But most dads admit they're not good listeners. As a matter of fact, uh, I've, I've given this talk now in Malaysia, Cambodia, and America. And most dads admit, I said, who are you worst at listening at? And the answer is, my wife. I'm the worst listener with my wife, the one I married, the one I love. So dads, we need to get better at uh, how do we become a legendary listener? People say, well, you know, well, that soccer player, he was a legend. This guy in that sport, he was a legend. How, what would it take for you, for somebody, for your wife and your children to say, wow, my spouse, my dad, my grandpa, he was a legendary listener. He was the best of the best. What is it going to take? It's going to take some change. It's going to take us doing things differently. And as a father, we need to, we need to uh, remind ourselves that how important it is and how it feels when somebody actually listens to us well. I wanted to see about uh, listening in Malaysia, so I went out and Googled and, uh, listening in Malaysia, and I found an article uh, written by a Malaysian university professional, uh, professor, uh, 2020, a survey uh, of Malaysian school teachers. And they say the four keys to communication are reading, writing, speaking, and listening. This is what the article said about the, the, with the Malaysian school teachers. What they also said is that students scored the lowest on listening skills. Students are not learning listening skills. The other things that they said is that teachers spend the least amount of time training the children how to be good listeners. So the reality is, is that most of us don't have training in listening, and yet listening is something we do every day. It's very vital in our work. It's very vital in our work. It's very vital in our home that we learn to be good listeners. Well, James had something to say about listening. James 1.19 says, Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to angry, to get angry. We need to be quick to listen. We need to focus to be a great listener. Mark uh, 4, 20, uh, chapter 4 uh, says this, and Jesus asked them, would anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket or under a bed? Of course not. A lamp is placed on a, on a stand where its light is there to shine. For, every, for, everything that has, uh, for everything that is hidden will eventually be brought into the open and every secret will be brought to light. In verse 23, anyone with ears uh, should listen and understand. And then he said, pay close attention to what you hear. The closer you listen, the more uh, understanding will be given you will receive even more. So we've got to be, we've got to pay attention 
and we got to listen. So since most of us have no training, I'm going to take the last few minutes here and train you in the four levels of listening. So the first level of listening is pretend listening. <laughs> pretend listening. Does anybody? Yeah, you're laughing. Everybody goes, oh, yeah, I do pretend listening. You're on your phone, and you're uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. Many of us pretend listen with our spouse. Some pretend listen with our children, I, I, especially moms with preschoolers. I, I, when I talk to moms with preschoolers, oh, when my two- and three-year-old talking, they're just talking, 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 talking. I pretend listen. Some of us pretend listen with our elderly parents. The next one is partial listening, hearing, hearing some things but not listening to everything. A few weeks ago, I saw a friend said, hey, go visit this pastor. So I showed up to visit this pastor after church, and there was a line. And in the line behind me was a lady named Judy. And so I struck up a conversation with Judy, and she was 80, and she was telling me about herself. And uh, she was just going and going and going and going. And I, here I am. I'm a speaker, and I'm talking about listening. And I'm like, I want to be a good listener. I want to be a good listener for Judy. And after a while, I just got bored with Judy. And, I, I, and then I became a partial listener. I'm like, I wonder if William's here. I wonder if Willie's here. She's talking to me the whole time. I became a partial listener. And then the third one is the present listening, to, to be focused and gathering information and minimize distractions. So for me, I'm an extrovert. So when I go to a restaurant, I like to sit here with my back to the wall and have everybody have everybody out there in the restaurant so I can see, oh, wow, there's my friend that came in, and there's my friend that came in. And I, Now, does that help me be a good listener? No. No, it doesn't. I'm not focused, and I haven't minimized distractions. So now, when I want to be a legendary listener and I go to dinner with my wife, I sit like this with my back to everybody at the restaurant so I can just look at my wife. Does that make me a better listener? Is my wife happier? Oh, yeah, all the wives are nodding. They're happier. And then the last one is the ultimate. What does it mean to be a powerful listener? A powerful listener. That's listening for meaning and understanding and what is being said and what is not being said. That's the ultimate listening standard. When do you and I listen powerfully? We listen powerfully like that for meaning and understanding and what is said and not being said when we're in the doctor's office and we're going to find out about the lump that showed up on the x-rays. We listen for every word that doctor says. And we listen for what he's not saying too. The other time I think we're really a powerful listeners is when the phone rings and we get a call and on the other line somebody's crying hysterically. There's nothing more important that we listen the best we can to figure out what has happened. Someone's called me and they're crying hysterically. That is when we become the most powerful listener. So what are some actions? I love action steps that you can take to become a legendary listener. And one of the first ones is put the phone down. 
put the phone down. Now, even now, we, put, we go out to lunch, we put the phone down. Some of us is good enough, we flip it over. If I feel good about myself, I flip my phone over. But then we still pick it up when everybody else picks it up. If I really want to listen, I put it in my bag so I don't even get it out, which is a challenge because you're with five other people and they all have their phone out. We got to have great eye contact. We got to listen for what's being said and what's not being said. And we got to take action to grow as a listener. So I just want to wrap up and close and do a little review here before Pastor Isaac and the band and everyone comes up. And that is, is we need to be intentional about leaning into Jesus. We need to lean into Jesus with, our, with reading his word and with prayer. And then the second thing is, is we got to lead with questions. Leading with questions is harder. It's way harder. It has way much more joy. And there's so many more rewards when we lead with questions. So when you leave here today and you throughout this day, people are going to ask you questions. And I want you to think, when somebody asks me a question, I want to ask them a question back, just like Jesus did. And the last thing is to be intentional about being a legendary listener. To think about, how can I be a legendary listener? And just work on it today. And you're probably going to be thinking about other people when they talk, 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 talk. They're like, this person won't listen to anything. They're just talking the whole time. I don't even have a chance to get a word in. But to be a legendary listener. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. take this off now thank you Jesus hallelujah thank you Jesus you know I just want to take a little bit of a moment can I just take one or two more minutes I want especially men but also non-fathers in the house I want us to do three things I want us to recognize that today as we hear about intentional fathering that we have an intentional father in heaven that is very intentional with you and if you're here in church, it is not out of coincidence, it's not out of accident. I believe it's intentional. That God has orchestrated it so that you're here. So number one, I want, to, I want you to spend some time to lean into Jesus a little bit. I want you to spend some time to understand that God is our Father who is a legendary listener. That now in this safe space, you can tell Him anything you want and He will listen to you. And I also want to believe that God is asking you one question today. Will you let me in to heal your father wounds today? Everybody here, everybody here have fatherly wounds. Everyone. If you're a father in this space, you could either have a wound because you regret doing something that you should not have done as a father, or you have a wound from your own father. And if you're not a father in this place, maybe you have a wounding from your own father, or maybe your father was never there, or whatever it may be, you've been wounded by a man, you're wounded by a father, and we all need to heal. So why don't we just spend one or two minutes before we sing this song to just come before God and says, God, and tell him everything that's on your heart about your father, about you being a father, and allow him space to just come and heal your wounds. Will you let him in? Will you let him in?
Thank you, Jesus, that we can always run into a safe space that is into your arms. I pray, Father God, we will never take you for granted. I pray, Father God, that we will never take being a Christian for granted. I pray, Father God, we will never take being a child of God for granted. That this is a sacred moment, a safe space, Father God, so for, the, for you to work in our hearts. So all of us here always need healing. All of us here always need a refathering. And I thank you, God, that we have this lifetime to be refathered by you. And I pray that we will never lose or never waste one second of it. That everything in this life is intentional because you are a very intentional God to make use of my life, to make use of our life and our family's life for the glory of your kingdom. So we thank you, God. We love you, God. And may your face always shine upon us and grant each family, grant each father and each home the shalom and the peace of God. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, church. Happy Father's Day. God loves you very, very much. Have a great week ahead.